This podcast is presented to you by proper journalists, serious journalists. Welcome to Hand of Pod. The, the introduction that Santi gave us on Twitter earlier, he appears to think that we're people that we're not, I'm not really sure what's going on, um, but we are, uh, at least here, I'm Sam Kelly, uh, you've already heard Joel Richards' voice. Hello. Welcome Joel, welcome back. Thank back you, to lovely to be back, um, as always. Uh, welcome to English Dan. Hello and welcome. And welcome to Santi. Hi everyone, welcome. We need to, obviously, uh, regular listeners might be wondering where Joel's gone, He's he's got a new job basically and he's, he's a proper journalist now, he's not a football have, journalist anymore. Uh, as has English Dan, congratulations this Thank week. You. Uh, now working for the Buenos Aires Herald as a what proper journalist, sports journalist? Yeah, staff writer, let's say. Okay, in the newsroom. I was wondering about this. Does this mean because I mean you know, slightly struggling to find guests now? I wonder if does this mean Hop is going is verging on the edge of uh, dodgy promedios averages. Is, is, is it going to go to the B? Is it going to next gonna, season? Is I'm going gonna, gonna to endeavour not to. I'm, I'm going to try and step up and rescue it with my football-focused uh, performances. Um, I think it, it does, of course, mean that I'm now the only exclusively football writer left on the Hand of Pod crew. So if any of you are editors and you're listening to this and you want something, <laughs> write to me, not to these two. They, they, they don't want your gigs anymore. Um, anyway, we have quite a bit to get through this week. So without further ado, we're going to move on to... I think possibly we're going to start with the sort of second most notable... Um, of the matches this weekend, which was actually the first game to take place on Friday night um, when Quilmes beat Racing 1-0. Uh, if you were listening last week, you'll know why none of us were particularly surprised by that, even though Mystic Sam did predict a Racing win. Um, <laughs> that was the final nail like in the coffin. Would anybody like to recap? How much have you been paid? Mm, I wouldn't like to say. <laughs> $200 a preview, but that's by the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Who apparently did take bets on the match, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, they, they took my preview on it anyway, so who cares? It's $200 for all 10 previews per week, by the way. It's not $200 per match. I wish. Um, <laughs> Dan, you're the Racing fan. Did you see the game? I did watch the game, yeah. You I wasn't. watched the game with Ralph, didn't you? I watched the game with Ralph Hanna, fan of, uh, friend of Hanna Pod, all round decent fella. And yeah, I can't say there was anything dodgy about it. Like, I wasn't watching it particularly attentively, you know, I was watching it in a bar without sound, so, you know. And it, there wasn't really that much reason for a Ruskin fan to give it that close attention from how they played. <laughs> but, I don't know, I don't think anyone can be surprised. You could be surprised by that result against Kinmez if you were surprised by Ruskin going down 1-0 against Arsenal just about two weeks ago. Well, no, this is the thing that people said beforehand, is that Racing have sort of alternated good performances with bad ones. So exactly, yeah. And, and, now they're and without Vieto, the now they're, they're just... You know, a very, very average team. One of the things that did cause some controversy was the decision to field Ricardo Centurion at centre-forward, in inverted commas, which effectively meant that Racing would play without a striker. Um, yeah, but if you've been watching us all year well, play with Sand or yeah. Campo, well, well, there's that, and then, then there's, there's also the world champion Spain didn't do too badly without a striker. Yeah, so Barcelona as well don't do Barcelona too badly without a centre-forward. just fine, so... If, if they can do it, then... Why shouldn't so can Racing? Racing. Yeah. Yeah. Racing yeah. I've got to say, out of the players you could you could put out for Racing, having that that kind of trio, you, 
of Centurion, De Paul and Farinha. Like mm. Farinha was kind of the messy, let's say, of the team. <laughs> a lot worse. Take this a bit too far now. Yeah. Take a pinch of No, in, in the role he played, not talent. But with talent, he's far off. He's not a bad player, but he's never going to be messy. But, yeah, um, I didn't see anything particularly dodgy about the game. Kilmers went ahead after what? 12 minutes, 13 minutes? 9 yeah. minutes, according to Nine, nine minutes. minutes. Yeah. There we go. Martin Cauter-Rupcio. And a very, there, very nice guy, actually. Like, took it well. Um, I've still not seen it. I didn't see any of the game at all. Yeah, it's kind of, he did a little give and go on the edge of the area, took it, had, had a bit of space. It like, was fairly slack marking from Racing, but that's, again, not anything new. And just rough it this into is the it. bottom what, corner. What's the surprise? I mean, they've been earning their wages all season and have been pretty poor. So another well, they've, yeah, they've, another been mediocre, they've been mediocre all season. Losing games, winning. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have to take my role here uh, as the Marcelo Palacios of the group and say that I, I, I did find something well, football, suspicious. If you want the, uh, yeah. <laughs> just to explain first of all who, who Marcelo Palacios is. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a, a particularly, I, I, I don't know what the word would be to describe this guy. But he, he's the one that's dropping the bombs all the time. Just, conspiratorial. Conspiratorial. You know, yeah, I, I, I did find some suspicious uh, things in the game. I saw just the first half. and But th there was a special um, bit of information that was uh, quite interesting. They said this on Sunday nights on TV, mm -hmm. that there was a very low quantity of fouls and challenges in this match. Something like three in the whole game and no yellow cards at all. Yeah, but if you look at the statistics, I actually saw this coincidentally, mm -hmm. I think, on the, in the Monday edition of... Deportivo, the La Nación mm -hmm. supplement, and resting above everything, like they've got the best disciplinary record of the entire. Yeah. I think it's something like, yeah, in yellows and reds, like mm -hmm. then about ten yellows behind any other team in terms of discipline. Which, bearing in mind that every referee in Argentina is an Independiente fan, is is quite something. And bearing in mind they've got Mario Camarones. <laughs> yes, so, as well. Yeah. Although he so, for a fair yeah, I don't think like resting. You know, this is one of the things probably that pisses us off more than more than most. Like, they're not a team that likes to get stuck in. So, and I, again, this isn't something that just happened for for Kilmes. Mm. Uh, a, no, a bit of garra um, every now and then could have, could be quite useful. Obviously, on last week's episode, we, we mentioned that uh, there there was the, the lots of Racing fans sort of going around saying, "No, we want you to lose this weekend to." to help but they didn't celebrate the, the goal. Independent they didn't shout the goal like no. Independiente did back in back in the day to mm. help Vélez. Although there were some, uh, there was some talk about at, at the end of the game. I, I certainly saw it on television afterwards. Uh, both sets of fans jumping up and down and shouting, "Whoever's not jumping is." Well, yeah, they've down. been doing that all yeah, season. Like, um, uh, but yeah, one, one of the alternative points that I, I can't remember, I think it was somebody from Racing, uh, possibly the, the club president whose name yeah. I've forgotten. Cogorn. Cogorn. Oh, that's thank you. Um, Pointed out, he said, if there had been any incentivisation on the part of this match, it would have been for Racing to win the game, like Independiente paying Racing in order to win, uh, rather yeah. than yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, precisely. Like, um, what weight did Kilmes have to? Yes, we should so. probably. I mean, what, uh, touch on what Cantero said today, the Independiente, Independiente president. He said, um, you know, you can't. There's no way back from disgraces such, such as this, and it's clear that Racing were paid. Um, to to lose sure a narrow one nil defeat against a team fighting for their lives you know I who are more than capable of getting yeah. one nil victories I mean Kilmes are in the Donnell final they've been doing alright yeah. haven't they let's just double check this, yeah they're seventh yeah they're sixth they're ahead of, they're they're quite away ahead of Racing De Filippo kept Olympia as well well Racing 12 yeah that's mm. true when, uh, when they look uh, like Racing. they're definitely going down so I mean he's, he's got experience yeah. in these kind of uh, relegation battles 
Indeed. Uh, that result, as we've just <laughs> said, whilst Joel was talking myself and Dan were chattering away in the background, we apologise. Um, Kilmes leaves. Kilmes is seventh in the Donnell final, Racing at twelfth, which gives us some idea of the two sides relative. Yeah, anyway. right. yeah. um, um, but what it did do was severely uh, compromise, you'd say in Spanish, it, it, yeah, I think it was just about in English as well, Independiente, for who played the second <laughs> game of the weekend on Saturday afternoon against the Estudiantes. Did anyone who see it? Yes. It was. They had, they had the better of the game. No, dull game. It was We're a dull game, yeah. They just shaded it, but there was really not much in night. How many Estudiantes games can be described this season as, as having been thrillers? Well, the last. Estudiantes, <laughs> I think, have won three and drawn. Last year, not just yeah. the season. Estudiantes are unbeaten in something like the last five games, like they won three and drawn two, or it no, might no, be the last they're, four. They're improving. Um, yeah. They're definitely all still dull to watch. They're not a good team to watch at the moment. When Savella was there a couple of years ago, they were great fun, blah, blah, blah. But. Um, yeah, last couple of years haven't been. No, that no. Um, and those two results combined with a couple more later on in the weekend. First of all, uh, I'm going to mention the the latter of the two, which was San Martín's three-one when oh, I went to Tigre, which took San Martín. Uh, that was on Monday night. Took San Martín above Independiente in the relegation standings, and then possibly most crucially, um, and as I put it uh, when I left the the stadium, I sent a text to both Joel and Dan saying, "I think we know what we're going to be concentrating on this week um, because it affects." Both, well, it affects one end of both tables. You can't really say both ends of the table, can you, in Argentina? Mm-hmm. It's too confusing. Right. Argentinos uh, got a 2 0 win over River Plate, which looked at the time like it might be handing the title to Newell's old boys on a silver plate and certainly puts Independiente in a difficult <laughs> position. Um, Independiente's draw had put them two behind Argentinos in the relegation table. Argentinos were not expected to win against River, I think it's fair to say. Um, the fact that they did now puts five points behind them and means that Independiente could be relegated this weekend. Yeah, they need three results to go a certain way, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they, they need to. to if, if they don't beat River, which given the matches in the Monumental where River are unbeaten in the last 14 games, I think is, is realistic. But then they'd also need Argentinos and San Martin to win both of their matches. Yeah, and, be um, like Argentinos and Kilmes. But it's certainly, suddenly, we've, we've gone from. Oh, it's all rigged Independiente's way. Everything's going beautifully. They're improving in their form yeah. and everything. And all of a sudden, it looks much, much, much harder. Independiente now have to make up yeah, but, I a mean, five-point gap on Argentinos with only nine to play for. And it yeah. really, as I say, I don't think they're going to win. No, this is why I think we, we puff out our chests and say this is what we've been saying on Handapod for, for months, isn't it? I mean, all that's changed is that Independiente found a bit of form. Absolutely. And for a moment, it looked like... Crap teams, as I pointed out. Against exactly, Union, exactly. San Martin and Argentinos. And just for a moment, you thought, maybe they can do it. But yeah. really... From the very beginning of the season, it's, been, said, it's yeah. been nigh on impossible for them to do it, and, and so it's proving. I mean, chances are there. It may, it may not be this weekend, as we said, like three results need to need to happen for, for them to go down this weekend, but there's still three weekends, so mm-hmm. I mean, chances are they will go down. I mean, the thing is, basically, if Quilmes or Argentinos win any of their last three games, they're pretty much yeah. condemning yeah. them. Yeah, that's true. Because in the end, yeah. they aren't going to win all three games. They're not oh, going to yeah. beat River, yeah. we don't I mean, think. But even, even if they win all three games, if Quilmes only wins one, then yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. And Athenos obviously need to get five I think points. Is, um, yeah, well, if Athenos win at the weekend again, and Independiente don't beat River, then Independiente can't overtake Argentinos Argentinos will be yeah. seven clear with five to, uh, six to play for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so Independiente should have gone for the win on the last two games. I guess Bergamo. Yeah, yeah, they had two Andes. fairly tepid nil-nil yeah. draws. Yeah, against yeah. things yeah. that aren't really playing much. Yeah, doesn't mean a lot of talk about last year when River went down. Uh, the famous puntito inteligente, you yeah. know, the famous intelligent draw, intelligent point mm. uh, that J.J. J. Lopez was after all the time, and then after uh, after everything was said and done, turns out 
yeah. it wasn't so intelligent after all, and it was happening to Independiente. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I think we said like even about four or five fixes are going kind of draws are not good for Independiente. We said it then, and yeah. we can say it now. Like draws sure. were never any good. Like they can't, you know, a draw is the win. same as a defeat. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if they win all of their remaining matches, it's not in their hands anyway, and that's been the case for the last five rounds at least. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, playing for draws is really stupid. When yeah. even if you win every game, <laughs> might not stay up in any case. Um, but to go back to Argentinos River, I have to say I've seen Argentinos at home a few times this year. I'm sorry to say, um, by far the best atmosphere. The, the fans packed the place, gave and I think really drove the team on. Argentinos. What did you miss, Joe? Like you went away and everything went yeah, yeah. service. <laughs> Partly I think because it was you know for the visit of, of River, um, but they. they very, 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 by Argentina standards, rousy, rowdy atmosphere in the stadium. Or was it because of the um, anti-Lanata hours? Is this making people flock to the stadiums? I don't think <laughs> it is somehow. Yeah. The 9.30 kickoff on a Sunday night is, mind you, Argentina's fans, I suppose, are all within a, more likely to be from within a relatively mm. close... Uh, yeah. I think yeah, all, like, sure. all the ones I know are from like La Paternal, Villa Crespo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chacarita. Yeah. Um, but yeah, young side who were really driven on by the crowd as well, and two late goals. Um, and unfortunately, although we try and defend him, Rogelio Funes Mori misses a glorious chance at one end and about a minute later Argentina scored the first goal with 10 has minutes Has he scored this season? Uh, yes, he has. Yes, he's scored yeah. one. One or two. To be fair, Ramon is, is playing on the left wing at the moment. Yeah. Still, he's, he's, he's had the chances he's, he's had. No. Oh, no, no, no. But, but again, all right, you've got the player who clearly is very limited yeah. and is only good for one thing. Run, 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 run. Which is, so at least, why put him on the left, on the left wing? He's not even left-footed. <laughs> I mean, what, what I'm, I'm 100% sure that when, when he leaves River, he's going to be brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he seems like he, can, the, the he more, just can't handle the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's worth pointing out this was his 100th game for, for River Plate. It's, it's a lot of games. 20, and his scoring record is not three goals or terrible. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's not awful. Yeah, one in four, one, one in three. Four, yeah. five, it's so so. Really. It's very so so. But then about 40 of those appearances have been off the bench. Yeah, that's true. Which one also says a lot about him. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, point, one point I was strange, making. Strange you, you stick up for him, seeing as his hat-trick has come against, uh, against Ralph. Well, I never forgive him for that, and I think he's absolutely useless. But it surprised me to see that he had a fairly respectable scoring record, since I never see him score. <laughs> Apart from the three against Racing. Apart from the three against Racing. I'm surprised he defended his record. I don't think his record's that good. Really? No. 20, I, was it 23? 20, I think, yeah, I saw a tweet about this. It's either 22 or 23 I in 100 yeah, matches. Yeah. I, I think he's not the kind of player who would do very well in, uh, in the European League, better yeah. than in the Argentina League. He's tall, mm. he's lean, he's uh, fast. Mm. He, won't he, be played, he won't be played left wing. That's no. true, he won't be played left wing. And he won't have the pressure that he has on him yeah, right exactly. now, which is insane. Mm. And yeah. right now, everyone, every single time he misses a goal, yeah. It's Funes Mori, Funes Muerto, you got all this stuff going on, and it's impossible for him. He's a young kid. No, I totally agree. So, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly think he, he'll be better when, when he leaves River. Uh, one, one point that I was making just before we started recording was that uh, River played the same formation, in fact, exactly the same starting lineup as they had done the previous week against Anetico Rafaela, which was a 4 2 1 3. Well, the winning team stays untouched, right? Yeah. Well, precisely, yeah. But also, it was. it They, they played. By all accounts, because I missed the game against Rafael, I only saw the highlights later on. They, they played some nice stuff against Rafael. They opened up the full width of the pitch with mm. that front three. And the point that I was making beforehand was that they made it very obvious that they were going to use the same tactic against Argentinos. Um, anybody who's been to Buenos Aires and who's been around a few of the grounds and who's been to both of these t- sides' mm. stadia will be aware that the pitch at Argentinos is 
tiny bit narrower. Yeah, it's a monumental. Match. It's a monumental. The one at the Monumental is a full kind of you know FIFA dimension pitch, whereas the one at Argentinos is about. 20 yards wide maybe seven sides um, I mean we were out on it I, I took a, a group of tourists and afterwards the club let you sort of out onto the pitch if you if you get the ticket through the club um, and a couple <laughs> completely unprompted uh, one, of, one of my uh, guests sort of just had a look at it and went is this it? <laughs> <laughs> really really narrow there's about 10 yards on the, on the side of either um Sort of on, uh, on the side of either penalty box when you get to the touchline. So is there a reason why so they, with why they built it so so narrow? Is it like something to do with well, the, 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 whole, the, the whole stadium? Or just I think it's more just that the whole stadium has to fit into one one block. One block. When sure, they built yeah. it, at least had to yeah. fit into yeah. one block. Yeah. Of the street plan. Um, but playing the same strategy as a real trying to open up the flanks when it was obvious that Arkindinos were going to sit back, let them come forward, and just close down the space. The just played completely into their hands. It made it more easier for Arkindinos to close the space down. And they did it very well. Seems incredible, but but Ricardo Caruso Lombardi won yes. the tactical battle. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's not a phrase you hear very often, or you expect to ever hear, but uh, yeah. it happens. Had, had Rodrigo yeah. Gomez not, not got the, the first goal was from Julio Barraza and the second from Rodrigo Gomez. And first goal in three years by Barraza. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, both but, were I mean, errors by Gonzalo Pires. Had, had, had Gomez, Pires. yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Gonzalo Pires uh, lost Gomez at the the, uh, the corner for the first one and then just completely lost the break yeah, to the ball. Yeah. Uh, against but were they not saying beforehand that Barraza probably shouldn't have been on the pitch to do that? Was it not some sort of horror tackle? I didn't see that. I remember hearing something along those lines. It was a very dull yeah. match before the first yeah. Argentina's mm. goal. Yeah. Yeah. It was dreadful. Yeah, yeah, it was very boring. What a few. Not I actually put Lanata a few well, minutes because it was so boring yeah, that I had that bad. Yeah. Um, <clears> that's <throat> the only two choices, Jets. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but but for Rodrigo Gomez uh, making it two 0 we'd be calling it a classic smashing grab. I think. By the way, is this, is this whole? Good. I mean, the Argentinos Juniors scandal this week when Placente and Garcia. I think it's been exploded now, hasn't it, with this win? Well, no, no, You're exactly. I mean, is this a story, Is the whole Segura t- standing down? <laughs> Sacking these players, Carlos Lombardi going absolutely ballistic <laughs> for, for for about forty eight hours. I mean, on, yeah. on all any TV channel that would have him, which was every single TV channel. Um, but it's I mean, it's, well, it's, it's starting to work. It's starting to work out for them. I mean, they um, it's uh, you know they've, they've got the result. It looks like they they should stay up. So and at the, when the when Placente and Garcia um, and uh, Matajam were, were sacked, it looked like they were yeah. probably on the way down. Yeah, but everyone was saying that yeah. they were already down. Yeah, exactly. And Caruso was like, we're still 3.7. Yeah, I think it was incredible how Just everyone said we're already all. down, even, yeah. then, even when they weren't in the relegation zone. It was, <laughs> it was quite incredible. Um, it, as we said, that means I can think of the fighting chance of staying up. It seems to... Uh, certainly it's not, not good for Independiente, especially when combined with some of the other results That's awful for Absolutely dreadful. Um, and, and, and as I mentioned when we started talking about the match, it affects both tables it affects the championship table as well because for a moment uh, well for about 24 hours in fact or just under 24 hours it looked like it was going to hand a massive uh, advantage in the title race to Newell's Old Boys um, the situation at full time of Argentinos River was that this coming weekend not only Independiente could be relegated but also Newell's could have won the league this weekend had they carried out yeah. the quite simple task of beating all boys in Floresta yeah, they would have been six points ahead with free to play yeah. yes I know so they could have won the league this weekend had they beaten all uh, boys had the coming weekend yeah, yeah. Come on, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're talking no, this, 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 this coming weekend <laughs> they could have done the point is that Newell's cocked that up as well and all boys managed a 2-1 win over Newell's uh, it's I think it's a bit harsh to say they cocked it up they came out they came from playing you know 
Well, true. That's yeah, no it's, like, it's a classic continental hangover. And the other thing is uh, that Newell's, um, in, in f- the most recent five classic old boy senses in Floresta, <laughs> have none, none of them have been won by Newell's. Um, <laughs> the, the last, the last, the last time <laughs> Newell's... Trying to play as if he hasn't said anything, it's always... Not the real classic, as we did mention last week. Um, the last time that Newell's beat all boys in Floresta was 1977. And whilst I, as yeah, I, as I always say, yeah, played. exactly. But the, yeah, the answer is five times. Uh, right. So, right, so yeah. it's, uh, not given, given the Newells haven't always been as, as good it's as it's they are, it's not easy. As our friend Caruso Lombardi said, he said, you know, I want to see Messi play on the on the old yeah, boys yeah, pitch. So that was a huge win, and that keeps the gap to three points. Lanús the day before had, of course, drawn as they always do these days. Uh, nil-nil with Belgrano. Belgrano also that, draw all the time, so yeah. Yeah, it, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that was. Did, but did, <laughs> what did you? What did Mystic Sam go for for that draw? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he plays it. No, no. It was but, capable uh, of going for you know. Resound. The thing is, Belgrano makes. They've got to come out of it sometime. And Lanús don't seem able to be. To even score a goal now, it's, no. it's crazy. Cause yeah. they, they've scored they, they, once, once in the last four games, and that was during the three-one defeat against San Martin yeah. last weekend. But one, and, and they're still, you know, they're they're still close to the championship. They're still mm. close to to mm, actually yeah. pulling off a win. And oh, that's a really good point. I, I don't really think I don't think they would be if Newells weren't in the Libertadores. Yeah, it's true. No, if the, Newells weren't in the Libertadores, it would have been over yeah, three, three uh, games. Yeah, but Newells weren't in the Libertadores last season, and they also. Fell down at the end of the season. Yeah, but this year they're a different mm-hmm. prospect. Like, yeah, but well, yeah, but I mean, they still have the, the problem. I mean, towards the end of the season, and and this is what we're discussing. You know, when mm-hmm. is it? A, you know, the sort of Bielcista issue where Atletico mm-hmm. Bilbao had the same thing as well. I mean, reaching mm-hmm. two finals and being completely whipped because they were just out of legs. And I mean, I'm not saying it because I do think Newell's been fantastic and will be the worthy <laughs> champions, but. Yeah, the, just the gas is starting to yeah. I mean, starting to leave without much, much I think it's going to help anything. them so, like this whole fact that they won't have Luis again until July is yeah. a gift from heaven yeah, yeah right. absolute gift yeah the, the league title will be or should sorry the league campaign will be over by the time their first leg of the Copa uh, Libertadores um, is yeah. semi-finalist play and, uh, uh, is, uh, is it certain that Mineiro is going to have all their players by then well, we don't know. Newells might not either. Um, you know, I mean, okay, Gerardo Martino and Ignacio Scocco have both said we want to stay until we're either out of or have won the Libertadores. But if they get an offer from a big club in Europe who say, no, we want you now, or you're not coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially so is it going to be the same teams? Yeah. 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 Especially when Scocco, I mean, for his part, I mean, Newell's been saying for the last four or five months, you know, we're going to buy his... Yeah. His, uh, the rights, transfer yeah. rights, and then we're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. In fact, they have much done, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, exactly. bought, they bought his rights already. Oh, they, they uh, bought but, right. Yeah, they, that was sometime last month. And but, I heard that Ronaldinho had an offer by a Turkish team or so. Yeah. Uh, Nothing, not likely, though, because we all know how he likes to party, and there's, you know, Brazil, Turkey. <laughs> What's the second highest score? I, I knew this one. Uh, Donnell final. Uh, oh, yeah. Is um, Shigliotti? No, 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 the team. Oh, second I thought highest the scoring top team. scorer. Mm-hmm. Niels have 32. Second, highest, second top scorer is in the Donnell final, the San Martín de San Juan. That's great. 26, uh, who were down in 11th because they've conceded 25. Um, hmm. But there you go. And then the, the, the highest, uh, the, ne- well, the next but, best. But there you go. He, he's, in the, he's in the relegation zone. But he's playing for winning, not for drawing. Mm. Yeah. So hey, that's a plus. Yeah. And yeah. they've won quite a few of their last games. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they've got five wins, five draws, six defeats, and they've done mm-hmm. it. You know, and they're they're in a, they're on a good run of form. They've they've won 
four home games in a row, I think it is now. Yeah. Um, it's better to so win yeah, and lose than to just draw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the yeah, yeah. top of the tournament have been out the championship race. Uh, Newell's on 32, Lanus on 29, River on 29, San Lorenzo got a cruise on 27, and Arsenal on 26. Meaning Arsenal, um, when you've got to win next week to stay in the race, yeah, right? it's, it's, it's very hard. We, we lost uh, the chance this I'm, weekend. I'm sort this of last out. weekend. <laughs> we, we've been tentatively saying it for a while, but it's I think that. So, yeah. It's looking like being the, those top three still who are going to do it for me. I think the others are just slightly too far behind Newell's to be able to make it up. Uh, Lanus and River still could, especially River have got two of their remaining three matches at home as well, which is could be a big advantage. Um, other matches, other matches to discuss. Uh, we, we've already mentioned Tigre three uh, one San Martin three. Nothing really to mention for that because we've talked about the relegation table. Didn't already. really see it, but that was one of the three nails in the Independiente coffin yeah. this yeah. weekend. Oh, one thing smallest is one, probably the Sudamericana qualification because uh, we, as we mentioned last week, we had River uh, clinching their place. Belgrano, with the nil-nil draw against Lanús, have stumbled across the line and are going to be in continental competition for the first time in their history uh, next season. When the as, as in in a few months' time, when the Doneo Inicial kicks off. Uh, and the other sides who are looking like doing it are, is it Racing and San Lorenzo? Racing needs something like a point. And they're, they're level on points, aren't they? The, the two sides in fourth and fifth place. I'll, I'll check did, it out. Did you discuss last week the um, issue of Boca being the only team to be invited by Commonwealth into the Sudamericana? No, we didn't. It was being talked about, I think, uh, but we missed it. So tell us about it, John. No, well, I just have. I mean, it's, they're, they're, Boca are the only... Argentine side who've been invited and on what basis on, on the basis that they improve the competition this is for the coming week for the coming season, season. Yeah. I, remember, I remember having frequent conversations with Seven because up until last year River and Boca were exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, regardless of how exactly. important they've done and it was only last year that, that Commonwealth said no actually this is a bit silly we're not going to uh, and Seba and I both at the time said suddenly gained a little bit of respect for <laughs> the Copa Sudamericana um, because they'll make it slightly more credible. So the fact that they're now talking about inviting Boca, I don't know whether they actually have. No, no, I think, yeah, um, I'm fairly sure they have. Oh, really? And I think the reason that they haven't done with River is because River are going to qualify. Anyway. So, oh, yeah. um, and I just thought I'd throw that out there. But yeah, Racing and San Lorenzo uh, are both on 53, and then Godoy Cruz, who are the top place non qualifying side for the moment, are on 47. So that's a gap of six points with nine to play for. So four points each for, for Racing and San Lorenzo with the team. Home and dry, whatever Godo Cruz do. Precisely, yeah. And it's looking very much like those will be the sides anyway. So, in that case, if Boca being invited, we'll have four of the big five in the Corpus of Americana. What? Assuming that Racing and Sun are in so both make it. And who are the Brilliant reaction there from Richard. <laughs> Independiente is some way away from qualification. It's about time, it's 38 it's completely opposite, like two years ago. Didn't have one of the big five no. for the Libertadores yeah. for the yeah. first time ever. So well, not, I don't know if it was ever, but um, yeah. in a long time. So it's, it's good. It's the way it should be. So, yeah. Yeah. Big five should be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but are still going to travel a lot, right? Yeah, they've got to go out to Chaco. They've got to go out to Corrientes. Well, they're going to have Puerto Madrid, Puerto Madrid, Villa San Carlos, La Plata. Villa San Carlos not in that far. Um, no, no, I was just, uh, I saw somebody making the point that it looks like it's actually going to be a competitive fixture next season, and who would have imagined that, what, three years ago? There you go. Uh, so, yes, qualification wise, that's, that's what's happened there. Um, and I don't think there's anything really else to, to no. do. Um, Bucca drew 1 1 with Better Sarsfield. We had a beautiful free kick from Pochoin Sewer, but that's oh, not yeah. it. We had, had an awful loss. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear this, but um, I didn't see it myself, but there was uh, in, in the. 
Veles in Boca Veles game there were two uh, elbow incidents. Oh, there was one yes, from Guerrero yeah. which Gubeda was is filth, dis- absolutely filth. No, and then, and then there's one that Sanchez Minya then. That didn't look like an elbow to me. It looked more like a shoulder. Like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And just, obviously, just, yeah. who got the red card? The youngster. Sanchez Minya. Yeah. Yes. So on the one hand, there's two things there. One is that Boca have got Boca never get referee calls in the Bombonera, do they? Boca have had loads of red cards yeah. this season. Yeah. They've had like nine. Red nine, red yeah. Red five red in the local tournament and four in the Lotteria. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. So it's a hell of a lot, man. And it doesn't. Mm. These things don't usually happen. But the other is just that. I mean, how can because the San, when Cubero elbowed uh, Sanchez Minya, yeah. it wasn't. Off the ball. I mean, Sanchez crossed it, yeah. and then Corbello was right next to him. Then just followed it in with yeah. a. Yeah, exactly what he did against Centurion last year in. He's a disgraceful player. You and have to take into account that Corbello really good at doing this stuff without the referee noticing. Yes, right. he's, he's a yeah, very yeah, experienced tra- player. He actually ball, thinks, okay, so yeah, the referee is standing yeah. here, the angle is that, so I can just do it, and he won't notice. But, but the reason mm. I brought this up is because apparently, and I just saw this on Twitter, and someone was saying that on on TV, I think they said they were saying that. Um, they were defending Colbedo, but saying that Sanchez Mino should know better. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, so was fine because he didn't get caught, essentially. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's the Argentine way. <laughs> I'm glad the Argentine on the podcast. <laughs> I was say, the sooner Colbedo retires, the better for Argentine right? football. Yeah. He's a disgrace. Um, in, uh, although I made the joke whilst, whilst Joel was, was talking that Bocken just never get the run of the green with refereeing decisions in La Bombonera, that does seem to be the way this year. They, they've well, given no, away it, far more penalties than they normally yeah. would. They've had actually genuinely well, they had some very harsh refereeing calls against them in their own stadium. I mean, if, um, if this was a country where you know there were conspiracy theories, I mean, I'm no, sure no. someone would have one for yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just <laughs> remarking on the difference between what most people would tell you is historically the norm and this. It's, I mean, if you imagine, no, they've had a lot of penalties. Lot English of fans, off. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, English fans, them, imagine this happening to Manchester United all of a sudden at Old Trafford. Exactly. Never getting a refereeing call that goes their way and having some very harsh ones against them. Clemente sending off was strange to this guy. Clemente sending off in the Libertadores. Yeah, the Libertadores against yeah. Newell's last, yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. it was Polo just a, a small push. I mean, there, there were players who did way worse than that and didn't yeah, get sent off. Well, it was the second yellow, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, was it second? Yeah. Uh, okay. But a second yellow is not the same as the first yellow. Yeah, exactly. Definitely not here in Argentina, maybe somewhere else. But the second yellow is not always the same as the first. No, you're right. It was a yellow. You're right. The first yellow was. The, um, the no, no, what can you complain about? Yeah. The remaining uh, match that we've not yet mentioned for the weekend was Godoy Cruz three Arsenal nil, and everybody's been well, lots of people anyway. People who saw it have been raving about Godoy Cruz's performance. There were you lot were all cynical about Palermo. Go on, go on. <laughs> shame, shame on you. Shame on you. Joe, smug as a shit. No, no, no. Just, why. No, no, no. Just, uh, I just remember. Uh, you guys were all, when Palermo started coaching, sort of quite um, had reservations about whether or not he'd make a good coach or not. And I, I just thought, wait and see, because we don't know. We, he could, it could be a disaster. But he has learned under, you know, under Bianchi, and he's, you know, he's worked with, with uh, Maradona. But Godoy Cruz are playing some really good football, um, they're pretty solid, and it goes back to what I did say when he, when he took the job, which is that getting a job outside Buenos Aires is yeah. the best oh, thing that anyone really. could ever do. 
because he doesn't have to give a, an interview every. I mean, he's hardly on the on the. On no, the it's least. true. It's Palermo. Yeah. When Palermo was playing at Boca, he was he was being interviewed every single oh, day, okay. and now his coach knows yeah. he's, he's hardly does yeah. the odd mix. If he's going to say Agustinos or or Boys, he'd be he on the TV. He doesn't have to mess constantly. around with you know the t- these kind of things where Tese come and talk to you every night, and and <laughs> you know it's good for them. They get coverage, they get their sponsors out, but but for Palermo, it means he's he's been able to work. I think yeah, pretty yeah, that's true. pretty chilled, mm. pretty relaxed, and well, proof in the pudding. Yeah. It was a strange match though, because um, first two goals were by were strange goals, mistakes by the Arsenal defense. It yes. was a bit of a. I well, think the second was, one was an own goal. So yeah, it was an own goal, goal, and the yeah. first one was also kind of a you know, ball bouncing between the players. Is that, that just one minute? It was just one minute. So yeah. after yeah. two yeah. early yeah. goals, then that's another. Oh no, the, the Bracieri's was definitely an own goal. Oh, was it? Was it Castillon took the shot? The goalkeeper tipped it out, and it was going to go almost out for a throw-in, and it hit Bracieri almost in the face. Yeah, went uh, in the head. Oh, yeah, imagine. that was the own goal. And the first goal was something to an extent as well. Mm. And then after two. Uh, two goals against you, early goals against you, first half playing away match, you're mm. you're basically doomed. Uh, it wasn't such a bad match yeah. by Arsenal, but the two early goals just. And then there was a beautiful yeah. goal, yeah, uh, beautiful goal by Castillon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. He's had a really good season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah. your your lot for the yeah. Donnell final. Just the one thing, you, one game you didn't mention no. was the Santa Fe derby. Of course, oh, yeah. Oh. Played behind closed doors. That's Played behind closed doors. It was but fairly. Obviously, Bizarre. although I could never have written it in my in my preview for Hong Kong because I want you to rationally think everything out, but it always happens, doesn't it? The team gets relegated, nothing more to play for apart from pride, and they end up winning the City derby in the very next match, well, which yeah. is why I predicted a draw. Again, it goes, really. it goes on these you know these old conspiracy theories. And yeah. I mean, everyone's saying, oh, they want to get relegated the week before so they don't lose the classic yeah, and be relegated yeah. in that game. So, well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's happened before. I remember Tiro um, Federal when they got relegated like six or seven matches before the end of the championship, and they started playing very, very well. And it seems like yeah. there's such a, a big amount of pressure in Argentina football for yeah. teams who are in the not, red zone. It's not only it's not only in Argentine yeah. football. You see it in, in in the Premier League, all the, you know, well, mm-hmm. in, in English football through the divisions all the time as well. Once the side goes down, it's as if the pressure's lifted, yeah. and suddenly they'll go on and run. Um, but yeah, Damian Licio uh, scored the, the only goal of the game seven minutes into the second half. And another reason that we should have remembered to mention it was that the Santa Fe derby is played behind, played behind closed doors. It was an 11am kick-off for safety reasons, so that nobody had the time to get pissed up and everything. And they still managed to have to have seven, or, seven arrests or eight arrests or something outside the stadium. <coughs> what the hell is wrong with these people? Good Santa Fe police being over exuberant and just arresting people who are walking past. Very possibly. Shock, excessive brute force by the Santa Fe police story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. So seven arrests in an apparently empty stadium. No, it was empty. It was completely empty. Indeed. More journalists, and that's that's more police than journalists. I think they said. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What is surprising though, this is Santa Fe, it's not a big city for all the. Yeah, yeah. Some fans did get a uh, yeah. gather outside this stadium, oh, yeah. even if it was 11 a.m. Well, they did it when La Bombonera was closed for that yeah. match a few it's weeks true. ago, there were about a thousand Boca Juniors fans outside yeah. letting off flares and singing chants. You could hear the fireworks. Yeah, you could hear them on the television of course it happens, watching so. the game. You could, you could hear you them hear outside the, the chants outside, yeah. Um, so there you are. Uh, we should also, uh, I've already kind of in passing mentioned Vicha San Carlos, but they've uh, won promotion, as we mentioned, I think last week. Yeah, we last, last week they went up, yeah. And the other promotion, which has been uh, this week, and which if you've turned on the, the the sports news channels over the weekend, when there wasn't football on, they were just showing looped repeats of the players jumping up and singing and in jumping up and down in the, in the airport, in the dressing room <laughs> after the game. 
uh, Olimpo de Bahia Blanca back in the Primera. So welcome <coughs> to uh, welcome back to Hunter Pod. Do you yeah, want to yeah, Blanca? The, this is the seventh time that I was telling you about that. This is the seventh time that they changed. Mm. Uh, <laughs> in the last since 2002 you said yeah in so the last 11 years the, the closest Seventh thing I did change well, um, genuinely yeah, 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 I, like, I, like, I saw you putting that that's a, that's a really good stat um, I, I interviewed De Felipe a, a while ago and he was telling me about it and he said it's a really well this is the the current coach who was in charge yeah. with Olimpo he kept them up once and uh, they went down but, but he was saying that it's, it's actually it's really well run but the problem is that it's down in Bayer Blanca and no, he, he said it was just impossible to sign players. Yeah, Bayer Blanca is they, a pretty bleak place. They had money, yeah. so they were able to offer reasonable cash, but just no players wanted to go down yeah. there. Yeah. Precisely for what we were just mentioning about Palermo, which is that it's not in Buenos Aires, so yeah. it doesn't get the same coverage, mm. and people and don't. Fact, and besides, it's I'm old. And it's old, yeah. It's yeah. not Mendoza, where there's wine and sunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> Um, I mean, Bayer Blanca, for, for the benefit of listeners who, who maybe aren't uh, Argentine geography uh, students or whatever, Bayer Blanca is right down in the south of Buenos Aires province. It's, it's very close to being Patagonia almost, isn't yeah, it? It's almost. Sort of not very far at all from mm-hmm. the, the I mean, a lot of people take, take a plane. Yeah. Um, it's 10 hours, 11 hours. And it's yeah, got yeah, a population yeah. of. One hundred, two hundred thousand. Yeah, it's quite a big city. It's it's one of the biggest cities of the south. Yeah, the south of Buenos Aires. It's so the gateway it's, it's, south, it, it's, it? it's a big gateway city Patagonia. in southern Argentine terms, which isn't saying much. Big mm-hmm. cities in Argentina that aren't Buenos Aires that sound very small to Western Europeans or to North Americans. I mean, the second largest city in the country is Rosario, which has got what one, one million and a half, one million and a half, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives you some idea of, of exactly why being in Bahia Blanca might be such a disadvantage. Uh, but welcome back, Olimpo. That means, of course, that we've had. We, we, we know our three promoted sides now from the B Nacional with sure. what, two two rounds to go at the B Nacional I think it is Central um, by uh, Olimpo and I've forgotten the other one Gimnasia Gimnasia and with a huge difference from the the other the rest of course it's, yeah. it's still t- t- yeah. between Central and Gimnasia for the title now isn't it that's, that's all yeah. they're playing for yeah. and Gimnasia beat Central the last, last yes. where are where are Instituto Last. Really? last or second to last? Yeah. yeah. I'll look wow. it up now and we'll, we'll tell it's you incredible. what Instituto's that, that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just off the, off the map. Second, I mean, yeah, Instituto, second Instituto yeah, behind Chicago. Above Chicago, obviously. Seven wins, yeah. 14 mm-hmm. draws. Oh, Chicago is the only. Just shows what having a couple of players, I mean, like Duala and what have you, and, and, and a coach, Dario Franco, yeah. does, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, last year was the year for Instituto. Yeah. Well, when you think Instituto were the highest scoring, I think they might have been they might have scored one fewer than River last season. Uh, over the whole course of the season. This season they've scored 31 goals in 36 matches. Wow. Hmm. They've only let in 40. That's not, you know, disastrous for defence, slightly more than one per game. No, but I mean, compared to last season, it's... But, yeah. I mean, the attack is... They're going to be very complicated if they don't do a nice campaign next year when they lose the almost winning campaign and they're left with this one. Let's have a look at their relegation. No, this year they're absolutely fine. Of course, next next season they're going to have Tacheres, they're going to have a Clásico. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Instituto are going to lose 50. Uh, no, no, next year, the year next year. At the start of next mm-hmm. season, yeah, of course, they'll still have last season on the, on the table. And then after that, they've only got 35 points this season. Um, so yeah, in two years' time, they could well have some problems unless they can get a good season together next year, yeah. as, as uh, Santi says. Yeah, it's funny how you, have, you, you do have to start thinking about this mm. thing. Mm. Uh, a really bad season can really yeah, hurt your chances. Yeah. Well, it's exactly, yeah. it's exactly what happened with River. No, it was the first yeah. first year that sent them down. Yeah, and the, they, they, were, they were last. We've got, we've got exactly, and we've got ages to sort it out. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And they won. It was that yeah. year. That two two dodgy seasons followed yeah. by one really quite good one, and the yeah. other quite good one they go down. Yes. Um, but yeah, and, and in fact, this is one of the reasons that say all boys are able to give this 
shock to Newell's last night, they've very much got to think about that because they need as many points as they can. Otherwise, they're not going to be in the relegation zone. They're only going to be about four points above it if the season finishes uh, finishes finish this week. Do we know? Do we know who's going to be the Moyes of all boys? Uh, Santi has a source who's, who's <laughs> able to <laughs> give us some. Uh, I, I don't know if this is uh, the thing. Is this if we can take this as fact? What <laughs> your email said. If Subaldia doesn't step down at Racing, and it now looks like Subaldia might step down at yes, Racing, he's yeah, yeah. he has, yeah. he's announced that he's going at yeah, the end yeah, of the yeah. season, right? Yeah. Uh, because uh, uh, he's been uh, so disillusioned um, by all the shit that was flying. So right, he's going. Yeah, 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 he's, he's, man- he's managing uh, for the end of the season, then yeah. he's not. It's it's funny about Racing. Uh, I, I tweeted this the other day because uh, it seems like they're very sure of what they want to do with their team because they got uh, either Saba or Vasile. Yeah. Two very similar coaches, right? <laughs> <laughs> you won't go back. You got, you got Saba, go who's a young offensive coach, yeah. and Basili, who's the exact yeah, opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, it's, it's Falcioni. Falcioni or Saba. It's yeah. Falcioni or Saba. So you got one young offensive possession-based coach and the exact opposite. It's got to be, for me, it's got to be Saba. Be yeah, Fazioni would be Definitely. such a step back with the team they've got. It'd be such a step back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, as listeners yeah. may have worked out from the fact that we've mentioned his name several times in the last minute or so, uh, Santi. Tell yeah, us, there, tell there's us some, you, a, a bit of, of uh, some, some bit of fun insider information. Wouldn't take this as fact, as I said. I uh, uh, have someone who's close uh, to Coco Basile, uh, who shall remain unnamed for obvious reasons. But he he's. Uh, He's been giving me some tidbits of information, uh, interesting information, and one of them was that uh, Basile may be the Basile, yeah, Basile may be the one to to go to All Boys next. Oh, I thought you said Balcioni. I thought, I thought it was Balcioni. In the email, I, yeah, I think it was Balcioni. Yeah. Then it's Balcioni. Like, so like, yeah, it can't be Basile. Oh, okay. <laughs> as I mentioned, it was a very confusingly mm-hmm. phrased. You know, yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff about Racing, mm-hmm. and then that in the middle, and then a load of more stuff about mm-hmm. Racing. And you had something also about Centurion hitting his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of information in the email, but <laughs> <laughs> in any case, um, yeah, it seems like th- there's been no talk of this in the media. So if if uh, Falcioni does turn out to 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 be the next coach in Alvarez, then, then we're going to be then we're going to be on the phone to your man every yeah, day, every single day, <laughs> and ev- ev- every every week this guy will become a source yeah. close to hand of pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also got some information. You probably guys, you already knew this, but about um, uh, Theo Gutierrez's uh, supposed toy gun. Which wasn't a toy gun at all, obviously. <laughs> I think Sabo actually said on here very shortly after that happened that he yeah. was somebody who was actually in the dressing room at the time and that it was definitely a real gun. Either the Racing Kim or the Physio or something. Um, anyway, we're going to play some, some music now. We're going to recharge our glasses and then we will come back and we will preview uh, this coming weekend's football, which is um, there's some domestic stuff. We're not going to be concentrating too much on that because we've got two World Cup qualifiers coming up as well and we're going to one of them collectively. Uh, the, the three of, of the four of us are anyway. Uh, so I don't. I wasn't invited. No, sorry, Joe. We should have <laughs> you later. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Briefly um, coming up this weekend because we've got two classicals. We have Racing versus Boca, which 
matters, as we said, because Racing are on the verge of Copa Sudamericana qualification. You know, it matters because it's the game against Boca, and I think, apart from Independiente, it's the team I want to beat most in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You looking forward to it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. You going? Of course. Bring in my, bring in my other half as well. Who's oh. sort of, you know... It doesn't it's give a shit about it. It's the equivalent of introducing him to your parents. It's basically introducing him to, um, to my family. And taking him to racing as well is introducing him to my family. So has she, has she wow. been to a racing game before? Or? No, she's never been to a football game before. Okay, so if, 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 if they win, she will be the, the cabala. And if, oh, yeah, yeah. If definitely. they don't win, then she'll yeah, be yeah. the warfare. Of course. Okay, excellent. Uh, the other Clásico is... Is River vs Independiente? Oh, this really is really juicy one. This is the. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, you're quite right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting Arsenal de Sarandi versus Quilmes. Because our real Clásico has gone to the D this weekend. So oh, let, yeah. let us say that we have a Clásico. And yeah. who, who are your real Clásico rivals? Uh, it's El Porvenir. I thought it was El Independiente Porvenir. and Racing, something. Nah, 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 it's never. They're real Arsenal Clásico. There's two. Doc Sud. I was going to say I thought it was Doc Sud. Yeah, it's on the C. And El Porvenir, who's on the D. It's funny, in 2002 we played. For semi-finals for promotion to Primera, mm. and now they're going to the fifth division. And for I guess, I guess the, the club's founder helps a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it helped us. How about them? They've been on free fall since then. Yeah. El, El Porvenir is a very long-term hand of pod listeners with incredibly good memories. Uh, will be aware uh, the club uh, closest to the hospital where Sebastian Garcia was born. Wow, that, 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 is, that is niche trivia. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just a little bit. Yeah. Great name, though. It's a good name. Yeah. But still, I'm going to watch it very attentively because I always want to beat Kilmes. And if they beat us, then they're saved. Which I don't want to. How, happen, so. how long has this been a classical for? I'm assuming just yeah, it's, now got into it's, the It's one of those classicals that. Because Kilmes is on the top two, it's, right? It's the same thing for Kilmes, yeah. really. Kilmes' actual classical is Argentino and Kilmes, who's mm. just gone up to the fourth division now. Yeah, the Madrid has yeah. just gone up from the D to the C. So you have to find some classical. Yeah. Just yeah, not to get too bored. To so. It's very close. Um, both our classicals are really bad. So, it, it, yeah, it's been for about 15 years. We should say that Sargentinos de Quilmes. Sargentinos de Quilmes. Yeah, we're talking about... About 100 years ago. Sargentinos de Quilmes. Exactly. Because Quilmes is the, is the oldest club in... Yeah, and Argentino Quilmes is also very old. It's yeah, exactly. something like 1899. Yeah, that's when yeah, they yeah. broke up. They broke up. It's a similar story to Racing and the Bendiente. Yeah, Lucinacio Toriantes. Exactly. But, yeah, so I don't know what Quilmes think about... Because Arsenal was founded in what, in 1950? 1950. Yeah, they don't like us Two. calling it a classical. Yeah, it's one of those cases where one team says that it's a classical and the other team says, like, nah. Okay, not, but they still really like, want to win. Because yeah. it's yeah. Like, like Arsenal against Kilmes or uh, against Independiente or Racing. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but the other the other big classical, and probably the most, uh, well, according to the app, it's the most important game of the weekend because it's the 9.30 Sunday kickoff. Lots of people around here where we're recording, in Joel's neighbourhood, which is what? That's how far is the one I made up there, seven blocks? Yeah. Um, are asking for, for the time to be moved because Independiente could be relegated, as we've Ooh, mentioned. This is, this is what, what happened the last time it seemed we were relegated in the Monument Cup? I'm sorry, this, I'm, re- I'm really annoyed about this. So, there's, there's a big problem because they're going to put it at 9.30 or 9.45 again, it's a big debate about whether it's 9.30, 9.45. These are the kind of debates they have. <laughs> um, either way, it's going to be late in the evening um, and they're saying it's going to be dangerous because Independiente could go down, as we've already discussed, when they need three or four results to go their way for that to happen. 
And if it does happen, then they're, they're going to destroy the, the valley or the area. Um, now, in the, in the article, for example, in La Nación, when they talked about, because um, they're no NGO has put in a, a complaint saying this must be played during the day because it's a, it's a security risk for, and it's, for and the it's city. Physi- it is physically impossible to smash up car windows and buildings during daylight. That's yeah, yeah. Dude, dude. <laughs> that's, that's why they're suggesting Mate, mate the story says um, they've, there's fear of, of incidents after the game, so they want it to be played uh, during the day. Mm-hmm. The photograph in the story is of incidents during the day. <laughs> I mean, it's as if it's as if like all the games during daylight hours are safe, yeah. and the ones at night are, are dangerous. Yeah. It's completely pathetic. When River Plate went down, it was an afternoon game. It was broad daylight when the game finished, and the whole place, as everyone knows, the other thing that makes they it want to move it though. The, the reason no, they want to move it is because sure. of the latter thing. There's a very small difference as well in terms of the number of people who are going to be coming out of the stadium pissed off if it happens. When River were relegated, there were 60,000 of the bastards. Yeah. How big's the away end of the Monumental? That's going to be the independent. 4,000 I mean, it's still a fair number, but it's nowhere near the same amount, right? There are two things. One is for the the away fans getting back to Avashaneda, whether they win 4-0 or whether they're relegated, um, it's a bloody nightmare. Yes. I mean, there's no soup there, there's no, there are no trains. Yeah. So, I mean, they, it's, it's literally going, it's a two-hour trip, yeah, yeah. turned into like a four-hour trip at that time of night on a Sunday night. And the other thing is that, as Santi very rightly said, this is not about football, this is about La Nata and, and about his, the, the, the ratings war, mm-hmm. which has, has all of a sudden... Means- the, the first two weekends, this has happened, La Nata has won it resoundingly. Um, yeah, and in fact, it, when, when the first game, which was the game that... Uh, the last but one round that Newell's thrashed Bocca's reserves 4-0 um, I, did, I saw several tweets from uh, being retweeted by a Bocca fan account where Bocca fans were watching Lanata in protest let's move on to Argentina like, I'm let's, fed up let's move about on to Lanata. Argentina this Friday my, myself and Dan and Santi will be going along to the Estadio Monumental we'll be Disgust watching me. Um, <laughs> sorry we'll be watching uh, I, 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 must have, I must have not been able not read the, uh, the group email <laughs> I do apologise, Joe. I'm going on my own. I'm, I'm going on my own. But watching, talk for yourselves, because I'm going to be on the Siberiata and you can see anything from there. It's no, that's that's insane. Insane. Well, okay, so myself oh, and Dan. I'd right? see better from here than I would see from the Siberiata. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm eight blocks away from the city. Maybe from the top of the building. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they built some monstrosity in the corner. You can't see the stage. That's, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, myself and Dan will be watching, it's and Santi will be peering it's over okay. people's heads in the vague directions of Radamel Falcao Garcia and James Rodriguez. A uh, bit of trivia for you if you're not already aware of it. James Rodriguez is named after James Bond. That's a true story. Yeah. It's one of my favourite things about South American football is the ridiculous... And today you tweeted uh, yeah, funny, Joel I, I, I about Lionel Messi oh, really? named yeah, yeah. after... Oh, okay. Because I had another conversation I told, another Argentine... I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I said, I'm um, Argentinian. I told a friend, I said, um, you know that Messi was named after Lionel Richie. Yeah. He's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put it on the... Uh, I, I, I put it it's as very a, well known. I put it as a kind of quiz question on the When Saturday Comes um, forum a few months ago. I said, who, who are Lionel Messi and James Rodriguez named after? And I'll bet nobody gets it and nobody did. Two days later, I yeah, had to yeah. give the answers and nobody believed me. I, I, I didn't what, know. What I love about the... Well, the, I knew about the, the Messi Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 It, it makes perfect plus. sense once you bear in mind when he was born and how massive 80s music is exactly. in Argentina. Plus, but it, Messi's just off face the top of your head, with Lionel Richie's <laughs> 80s hair oh, be great. finishes all the Maradona oh. Messi arguments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he wins. <laughs> he wins. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, about Hamas, though, I love no. the fact that he insists on being Hamas and not James, James, yeah. James or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's solidarity. And, of course, about Messi, it turns out that 
it's probably the biggest news we can say about this game, apart from his name, of course. He's playing. Uh, he's most likely playing. Yes. Oh, I know, but um, I heard today he's not. I heard today. No, we know today he was. Well, Topo Lopez, who is <laughs> uh, works at Ole and um, is basically good friends with with Messi, um, said that he's not going to play. Mm, well, not even as a reserve. Apparently not. Apparently he's training for the next game. He trains very well for that Yeah, yeah. I mean. He may, he may play, he may not. The point is, I think if he does, I think in front of a sold-out stadium, at least five minutes, because mm. tickets sold out in two hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's broken several, all the records several for, um, times. But that's, 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 that's probably Banfield. That's, that must be Banfield supporters who want to see Hamas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure. Well, I'm, I'm going to be interested to hear what kind because of, I noticed that the last qualifier, the the, the last home qualifier, sorry, against Venezuela, uh, the the former River players who are on the Argentine side got a kind of just slightly audibly louder cheer than most of the rest of the players obviously Messi's yeah, the, the sure. exception yeah. um, I think so I'm going to be interested to see what, what kind of reception Falcao gets whether he gets a cheer or a boo uh, or what and Beckerman and Sheffers as well and Beckerman of course and Sheffers yeah. and Sheffers yeah I'm forgetting totally um, but yeah, basically going to so, be cheering on the Colombian team what I was trying to build up to before we went on this tangent was that we're going to be watching Radamel Falcao Garcia and James Rodriguez and they're only going to be what the like third and fourth most talented attackers on the pitch after Teo and yeah. Yes, after Teo and, and Lionel Messi. Yes. Um, we're, we're watching Argentina-Colombia. In short, the duel between the first and third placed uh, teams in the South American qualifying section I've managed to stick the window. Awful operating maps. Um, <coughs> at present, uh, Argentina can't, can't confirm qualification for the World Cup on Friday, but they can do uh, with the subsequent match, which is away to Ecuador on the 11th. It's going to be Tuesday, isn't it? Tuesday. Yes. Um, but yeah, guys, Colombia. What do we reckon, Santa? You're the the actual real life Argentine in here. So much as myself and Dan probably hmm. want Argentina to win for no, professional I've reasons. Got a spot and, for, um, I did Argentina, yeah, and the Argentina uh, but crowd. you know, you're, you're actually you really yeah, yeah. I'm rooting for Argentina, of course. So, but, um, I think the Argentina crowd are mostly pretty certain that Argentina is going into the World Cup. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know that yeah, it's, it's the same if you're first, second, third. Really, the Argentinian. Yeah. audience doesn't even care about no. being first in the qualification or being fourth as long as you get in well I made a point actually We're mostly in. Yeah. I made a point actually on in an article that I wrote earlier today and it's going to come out tomorrow that what I think we're going to see on Friday is arguably this could be very controversial but the two best teams in South America right now yeah. playing each other I think so yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think one of yeah. the best two teams Ecuador in the world. present are one point clear of Colombia um, yeah. but no I, I wouldn't disagree and then at all. and you put than both above Brazil, so no, let's not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, so yeah, I feel a bit better about putting that in because yeah. it could be quite controversial. But, yeah, for me, the two best teams in the continent, the, two the are probably the five best teams in the world. Maybe yeah, definitely true. the top ten. And, and the other I think thing, this is the best match in the world right this now. weekend or this yeah. couple of months. No right and it's been yeah. playing ten blocks from my house. The other so point, yeah. <laughs> the, the other point well, is that how it's lucky we are. Yeah, the, yeah, the, sure. the, two, the two best defenses. Colombia have got. This is one thing with with Colombia. We everybody's been talking about how how wonderfully they're playing up front, how well they're attacking. They've actually got the best defence so far in, in the continent. I'm not sure about Dickerman. Dickerman's completely sorted yeah. out their defence. Yeah, exactly. He's got rid of like their, their wide forwards. Like they used to play um, very much kind of stretch, but now he's like he packs the middle very much kind of like a Brazilian style of playing for like creative players in the middle and then two full-backs that can just bomb up yeah, the field. Kind of 4-2-2-2. Yeah. And also um, Valencia who's keeping like Guarina at the side now and he's just an absolute destroyer in the middle. Yeah. So he's like he's completely sorted him out tactically because I remember we all saw him in the 
Copa America and they were absolutely dire to watch like long balls down the down the wings and like no no spark and then yeah start of the qualifying period they were like they were decent but very like very consistent very on and off they sacked Lionel Alvarez and brought in Beckerman in it's just been complete transformation mm. um, absolutely so far in qualifying Argentina have got three wins sorry three draws <laughs> seven wins and one defeat and uh, that was a way to Venezuela on the second second round. Yes. And Colombia have won six, drawn one, and lost three. Um, it's the two best attacks against the two best de- best defenses, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, I think um, two best defenses. Like, something that Santi said, which is that the ticket sold out in what two hours? Yeah, something like that. I was reminded though by the, there's a photo in the Santos Museum, which mm. is of um, um, this guy walking past this, uh, a very old pose, very old photo. Saying um, today we don't work because we're going to go and watch Pele play, mm. and I think it's in Mexico City, and and it reminds me very much of when Messi comes back now. It's true. Yeah. It just I mean everyone is just crazy to go and see Argentina play, and when Maradona was in charge, yeah, there was a whole there was a media circus of, around this, but no one was really that excited about the team, and now I, I, I mean remember, people were convinced they were going to win. But, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, right. Your lifetime. I wonder whether you whether you've seen it. Yeah, or well, I, I'm. When Bielsa was the coach here, yeah. it was never sold out. Right, and right. I've had friends who go there and cheer for Bielsa because they were big Bielsa fans and uh-huh. people were actually insulting them. Yeah, right. Santi, the, yeah. the Montemental was never full I, I know in you those mentioned, times. I know you, men- you mentioned your age, uh, mm-hmm. I think, last yeah. week. But just yeah, I'm to, 35. To, to really obvious, what year were you born in? Uh, 87, one okay. year so after the last World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've seen Argentina in, in your lifetime, they've won one trophy, right? The 1993 Copa America. Yeah, but if, if we like don't include the Olympics, four. I'm on a shot. <laughs> I don't remember that. I haven't. <laughs> I had, yeah, Beckerman has given me more <laughs> more victories in the under 20s than. Yeah. Than I've seen on the, on the majors. We're not, we're not scoffing, by the way, because yeah. in none of our lifetimes no, we've won a single. No, 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 it's not about that. But I just mean that. I mean, but I mean, just specifically with the Messi thing, because the whole thing for Messi with Argentina for a long time was that Messi doesn't play well for Argentina. He doesn't perform, and and this is really it's a completely stall. in the opposite direction. This idea is completely stalled. Yeah, it was. He doesn't play for Argentina. When, when I left Argentina, this idea was completely yeah, stalled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, that's, that's, I think that the it manages match, to seep out into the rest of the match world as well. Turned this this idea over. When, when I was seeing this match, world, to the extent where you've got English people now, still now, I get English people tweeting me saying, "Oh, it's really nice how Messi's finally started to play well." Yeah. I mean, that people started saying that in Argentina like a year and a half ago, and yet people in in Western Europe and the States are just picking up on it. Yeah, really. And the no, truth was that even though they only started to say it here a year and a half ago, it really by that point had already been true for at least a year. Yeah, or more. Yeah, you know, already. But, but I think the Brazil match was the one that actually turned the mm. tables. When Brazil match and also match. the hat trick and it was a friendly and, and the hat trick in, in the previous friendly against uh, Switzerland as well was, mm-hmm. which was his first Argentina yeah, hat trick that's, 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 that's when people started point. saying okay maybe okay. maybe he's going to play a bit better and then three goals against Brazil no, no, the last one was yeah. amazing and yeah, then yeah, that was absolutely. yeah so it, was, it was very emotional for me. Like uh, all Argentines are dreaming this of him. May bring us a World Cup. All Argentines are dreaming of him scoring that goal to win it four three against Brazil in the Maracanã in the finals next year, right? In the finals, that's true. Um, yeah, well, I, I actually like. I last time I cried on a football game was like fifteen years before that, and I was away from home. Of course, I was Tell in New Zealand. Circumstances, please. Yeah, of course, I was away from home. I was in New Zealand for six months. Oh, I was referring to been here years ago. But. No, no, no. I was uh, out for the circumstances of the last one. Uh, I was something like 10 years old, and I was a River fan, which, yeah, it's a pre- pre- secret, pre- so it's a secret for me. And it was uh, last time River got, um, got a, went out of the Libertadores against Boca, 
Uh, on uh, right, yeah, the kickoff. Yeah. yeah, that was probably the last nail in the coffin for my River fandom when I was like, <laughs> I was like ten or twelve or something. But this was like I was very emotional, like six months away from home, mm. hadn't heard the anthem or even mm. talked to a lot of Argentinians for the longest time. I uh, woke up at six a.m. or something and saw this match where Messi just was amazing, and the last goal was, and I said, this guy may just bring us a World Cup. It may be him. So yeah, that was. Still do, gives do me goosebumps when I think about it. One, one question very emotional for me. Because one thing a lot of people, obviously, a lot of people say, as everybody knows, is the Messi-Maradona comparisons are going to be completely invalid. You can't even talk about them until Messi wins a World Cup. Given how much Messi's won at club level, mm-hmm. do you think he does need to win a World Cup in order to be greater? I'm not, I don't say in, order, in the general opinion. I mean, in your own opinion, do you think he does need a World Cup before he can be considered on Maradona's level? Um, on my opinion? Yeah. Well, I think on the club level, he's he's been better than Maradona already. He's won ten, ten times yeah, more Maradona. He's won ten times more. It's true that, of course, Maradona is a very different kind of player. I mm. mean, Maradona, when he won with Napoli, everything that he won, he was the the heart of the team. He was the, the mind and the soul of, the, of Napoli. And Messi now in Barcelona is just one part. Also, well, he transformed huge. a club that never yeah. won anything. <coughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's a much bigger also that. achievement. Mm-hmm. And that's why it, that, it's more than just, like, you know, Number of of, yeah. of trophies and, and the silverware that he's won. It's kind of like this people think Maradona is an inspiration. Yeah. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's much yeah. more of a charismatic because in fact, than Messi. Yeah. In fact, if you, look at, true, if you look at the team trophies that Maradona won in his exactly. career, yes, obviously you have the World Cup and you've got two Serie A titles with a, a side who previously been mid-table. It's not like he won just collected European cups for fun, like Di Stefano or, or potentially yeah. Messi could yeah. end up doing. But he won them by yeah. himself. Against that, that's what people exactly. think exactly. here yeah. and as well the 86 World Cup people yeah. here and I, I think the same too he won it by himself of course, of course he, he had a great team Burruchaga you know, Valdano and everything but without Maradona that team would never yeah. get even close to the World Cup I did a piece for, for the Blizzard which is coming out this um, the, the next Blizzard out I'm not sure if it's out just yet um, with an interview with Savella and he was talking about leadership and he was saying you've got two types of leaders you've got the ones who are Charismatic and you know know how to g up the players, and then you've got the other ones who lead by example. And in very rare cases, you have the players uh, who, who combine the two. Yeah. And Maradona is clearly yeah. a player who combines yeah. the two. Yeah. And Messi is is one who leads by example. Yeah. Um, but they're both valid. They're both leaders. Yeah, so absolutely. it's neither here nor there. You know, in terms yeah. of Maradona also has the the story. Yeah, his story is just. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, I mean, Messi he went out well. of the yeah. Beach, uh, and yeah. Well, Messi with, with, with the great when you see the When you well, see the video of him... And all the rest of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But Messi, kind of, he was 10. He was, you know, a bit small for his age and everything. But then he already went to Barcelona when he was 10. Exactly, yeah. Everyone knew he so was... So, when, when you actually see the video of Maradona, when he's like, what, 10 years old? Mm-hmm. And he's just a kid and saying, I want to win the World Cup and I want to play for Boca. Mm-hmm. And he's juggling the ball and everything. And it's, it's, it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. There's the classic thing, because, I mean... In fact, yeah, the, the interview, he said, I've got two dreams. The first one is to play in the World Cup and the second one is to win it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... What can you say? It's, yeah. I mean, Maradona is very emotional for us Argentinians and yeah, I don't think yeah. it's ever going to change, at least for a good couple There's of years. There's not a day when he's not in the news, man. Yeah, I mean, just today he's taking Susana Jimenez to court because she's mentioned something about his kid. I mean, who's, he, he's just yo, who, who, who's Susana Jimenez? You've got to explain this to our listeners when you mention. <laughs> no, no, do we need to go? Can I talk about Susana Jimenez is basically a gigantic walking Barbie doll, aged about what seventy. Yeah, yeah. he's our Oprah Winfrey, but blonde and and yesterday, ugly. yesterday she said she didn't know where she thought Prague was a, a country. 
<laughs> I'm very ignorant. Right. Anyway, um, what, yeah, Joe wants to talk about Lamella. I want to say just that if, if Messi doesn't play, mm-hmm. and this is the big thing, because what happens if Messi gets injured a month before the World Cup and just about, I mean, as Rooney, as happened say, yeah, Rooney right, yeah. with England, what happens there? Um, it, it seems that Lamella will be the player who replaces him, which is really interesting because Lamella is his, his first call-up to the full yeah. national side. Very competitive games. He's been called yeah, up yeah. by Batista, I think, for a friendly or something. Right. So, the fact that he's being thrown straight into the team... Yeah. In that kind of role, I thought it was, just, it was quite interesting. I like that. Like that could but, definitely work. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I'd rather see him land La Messi. So, like, yeah, if we're going for a light for light change, he's more. He's La Messi. Yeah, I'd, no, I'd rather have Lamella oh, yeah. and Messi than La Messi. That's oh, what I'm sure, saying. For sure, for sure. No, 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 no. Lamella's a playmaker. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one reason. One reason. I think he's much more direct. I think. I think. But it wouldn't surprise me. We saw against against Venezuela, and then especially in in the last game of the the last double header, which was away to Bolivia. Uh, Bolivia, um, Lavezzi really, relatively speaking, disappointing in those two games. Yeah, he was not exactly hard, disappointing, but, but he wasn't on the quite the same level. He just doesn't exactly. have the finesse that Aguero has. Like that's exactly, going to be the comparison because they're both. Because in, in the last spot. in the last double header against Venezuela, he was replacing Aguero. Lavezzi was very hard headed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, sent off for it. Yeah. But you know what though, there is another thing with Loessi, which is that all the coaches always include him. They always because yeah. they really like the, they like his work ethic. Mm. He gets on with everyone. He doesn't he doesn't moan if he doesn't get in the yeah. team. Which is a good man to have in the squad. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I think that's why he, he gets a lot of chances because yeah. I think he's you know and and that, that that's yeah, not uh, not something to to look down on at all. But I think when it comes to his performances then you're right I think there are other players who are definitely ahead of him Gents we're going to move on now um, I'm going to answer this question in a second but before we do uh, we're going to go through very very quickly because I'm not giving you any preparation time on this at all Argentina have two qualifiers as we mentioned we've talked about the Colombia one at some length we've not mentioned the visit to Quito um, but they're, they're playing Ecuador right afterwards who are in fact the second place side at the moment I think Mm-hmm. Just okay. Yeah, they are. They're second. They're, they're one point ahead of Colombia going into this double header. You shouldn't have to check that, Sam. There should be something. No, I'm, I'm fairly sure. As the only journalist who's dedicated. Yeah, we all knew. All three of us knew this table. Yeah, the ones who do all that. Shut up. As the pod editor, shut up. I was fairly sure. I just wanted to double check before I have to edit this tomorrow and put it live with me. Having said they away to Paraguay or something, but home to Colombia, away to Ecuador. Sorry, I'm pretty sure. There's a friendly also. I guess it's Guatemala. Oh, yeah, like, Guatemala. Yeah, 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 the 14th. Yeah. The, the point is, for the qualifiers, uh, I think it's four points from these two matches. We'll, we'll see them in. How many points are they going to get from these two games, Joel? Six. 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 Four. four. I'm going to go with Dan. I'm going to say four. I think a draw in Quito, but I think they'll beat Colombia. I was going to say a draw against Colombia. Okay. Yeah. With uh, previous results, by the way, they beat Colombia 2-1 in Barranquilla the last time they played, and the Ecuador uh, at home against Ecuador. 4-0. Was, of course it was, I was there. 4-0. Come well, on, Sam. Well, remember. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> we, have, we have a theme, all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Me forgetting shit. <laughs> uh, we're now going to answer a few of your questions, so don't go away.
Okay, first question. We've got one by email. I think he's tweeted it to make extra sure we get it. Uh, but Mike Manby just missed last week's deadline um, and asked whether we can ask it on this week's. And since I remembered, Mike, yes, you can. Uh, he says. Um, he, he'd exchanged emails with me in like December or something uh, because he's doing a, a dissertation on Argentine football. Uh, interesting. Well, what's the angle? He's been focusing on the link between football and politics. Our. He's, he's read a lot of my articles on ESPN, so that's a good start, Mike. Well done. Uh, he says, I was wondering, in your opinion, how politically charged was the 1986 World Cup quarterfinal against England? Is it remembered in Argentina as a victory over the imperialists <laughs> who stole the Falklands? Or is it more special for them, given the role Maradona played in the match? I think the one. Well, me and Santi yeah. weren't born, so we can. Santi was not born, but he is Argentine. I wasn't born either. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. so Santi, as the as the Argentine, the question goes to you by default, with apologies mm-hmm. that you. How did you feel as a newborn baby? Knowing that, <laughs> that. Well, fetus. It is did known. Did it get as through a in your mother's womb? Was the intensity <laughs> of the political rivalry that Why? that that big? Stop. It, it is Please. known. It is known as a historical win over the the English. Um, I think Maradona, when he scored the goals after he went up the match, he, uh, he he said a couple of times. Yes. Actually, yeah, I've seen a couple of interviews yeah. with Maradona where he says now he'll say, you know, up in the build-up to the game, mm-hmm. we were all very careful about saying no, the politics doesn't come into it. We just want to win it as football. But as soon as the match finished, yeah. of course, we the, the pretense stopped yeah. because obviously it was all about that uh, for the players at least. It was a big thing for Argentine, yeah. for Argentina, maybe. Yeah. This is an article I wrote recently on. Around the time of Thatcher's death, like it was about Maradona's reaction to it and that '86 game, which was actually quite interesting. And also, also the book I was which which website read, was this article published on? On Goal.com. Okay, so look this up on Goal.com. Yeah. Dan Edwards. And also the book I'm, I've just finished reading actually now, yeah, the English one. I can't remember the English title because I read a translation. I think, I think I'm pretty well. Argentina your translation versus England. Yeah, like, I think I think that is the translation. Mundiali otra guerra. Can you remember like the name of the author? David something. David Downey, isn't it? David Downey. Right. Yes. So David Downey, England versus Argentina, the World Cup and other wars. I think it's called. That's the one. Literally, got it for ten pesos from the Feria del Libro. Very good results, son. That's the good, only reason I've been visiting the Feria del Libro. No, the Feria is good fun. <laughs> I reviewed his. I went the first his, year his I was here. Fun. England versus Germany. That was the first one that came out. Then that was, that was the first article I ever wrote for the student press. Yeah. Wow. Review of. And what did you think about it? It was good. That's the um, hard hitting journalism that he's carried on with his whole career in Joe Richards. That, that is, yeah, that, that's that, right. Well, yeah, I, d- I didn't carry on as a literary critique. Uh, uh, cri- or cri- cri- critic. Critic. Critic, that's the word. Uh, that's, that's not a particularly in depth answer, Mike. We apologise. But if you do want to ask, I can certainly recommend if you tweet or email Seba Garcia, uh, Mundo Abi Celeste, or QPR underscore ARG. Um, he'll be able to give you a little bit more on it because I've, I've spoken to him a couple of times about it in the past. And also, uh, Mariano, uh, our other. Uh, Regular or semi-regular Argentina. No, goes like saying, the, the really important thing about the, about the the war was that um, the Argentina were playing at the time of it in the 1982 World Cup. Yeah. And so for many of the players, there's the memory of that. A lot of the players obviously were from the 1982 squad were also involved. Maradona was there. It's no coincidence that that um, the world champions, as they were in the 1982 World yeah. World Cup, um, didn't perform. Uh, as well mm. as as was were expected. I mean, this is a, this. It was a great side. Yeah. I mean, the eighty-two team yeah. was a great it was, side. It was a mixture of experience. Exactly, they had an experience of, of World Cup winners and, and young players. Maradona was in the side, very important. Um, Menotti knew about. Obviously, he'd already done it. Uh, Leo Leo Russomano asks, uh, who are the most overrated and underrated players in Argentine football? Ooh. 
Good question. Uh, Most uh, overrated. Uh, I think underrated. Fullness money, in my opinion. Everyone is. But it's not is that he's still underrated. Right? He's an awful, over lot, an awful lot of Argentines would tell you he's the overrated. Yeah, yeah, but he, he's. But he's maybe everyone wrong, insults this right. guy every single weekend, and I don't think he's that bad. Hmm. I think he's that bad. Um, the most overrated player from this season is um, Borrito Martinez. He's had true. an absolute yeah. shocker. Yeah, he hasn't had a good season. That's fair. That's definitely fair play. Underrated, I would say, Paolo Goltz. Sending back yeah. Manus. He's, he's, been, he's been excellent. He's been excellent for, for ages. And and I, I saw an article yeah. sort of saying much this sort of yeah. a couple of months ago, and I thought, yeah, you know what? Because Uragan 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 side that almost won the title, he was very important. Yeah, um, he had, as everyone in that side, really suffered straight after. But I mean, at Lanús, he's been excellent, and he's just simply a player who doesn't make a fuss about yeah. about. He doesn't worry too much about having you know, giving interviews with the media or whatever. Mm. But he's um, but he's excellent. He's really he's solid. Some, yeah. Someone else who's just been like doing his thing for years and years, never got any press or anything. Um, Adrian Bastia from Colón. Yeah, just like one well, of them. You think? Un- yeah. Sorry, yeah. underrated. Underrated. He's the like, dirtiest player in South America. Still. Plus, you can't have a holding midfielder wearing number ten. No, not number nine. Uh, oh, sorry, number nine. <laughs> sorry, number nine. Well, that that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's um, just, you should hear how they talk to him in Racing. He's an idol. But still, he's someone who like never gets any press apart from when it's bad. But I'm he's go a very solid holding midfielder. The thing is that when I, I think yes. that's very controversial. When I throw underrated players in the Argentine <laughs> league, you just have to look outside the big five and pick yeah. somebody who's scored lots of goals or played in a defence that's kept you yeah. know considered. Yeah, because yeah, the media so is very biased. I'm going to say Martin Cateruccio. He's going to say Orban. Of really important goals yeah. that are one games yeah. late on. Orban as well is a fantastic show. He plays in Tigres, so nobody cares about him. Yeah, I mean Nacho Scorco, sure. Anybody from Newell's, but you can't ignore Newell's this season. That's the thing. That's why they're getting such phenomenal no, press. No, with, top with, of the league. With Newell's, I think there are quite a few candidates for this. I mean, I think Bichalba has been sensational yeah. before his injury. Bernardi. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Bernardi really, had a problem with the. Cruzado's season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, Aldo Cruzado, I think, is, is a very good shout. We yeah. were asked, uh, was it one or two weeks ago, for best signings of the season? Cruzado's an excellent shout. Yeah. Because he, he came here in the, the Copa America when he, when he was playing for Peru um, and was just in a very quiet way. He was one of the best players in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Everybody forgot about him and he joins up with Newells at the start of the season and he's been superb. Just mm-hmm. consistent, at times good, at times very, very good and never yeah. anything less than that. What happens here in Argentina media is that a player... It happened with um, Balanta. Played yeah. just two yeah. good matches his... He was all over the media, and you can yeah. have a guy who's been playing for yeah. two straight seasons in a very good level and yeah. gets completely explodes. ignored. That's very yeah. common, though. I mean, the whole thing where, I mean, let's say like Paolo Golds, who's yeah. been consistent for like three years, and Balanta, who's played seven games, yeah. that comes from, I mean, River Plate yeah. and Boca yeah. coverage and in the media yeah. compared to everybody else. I mean, I, I, this has kind of been my thing for the last four months or something about how Lanús. <laughs> get relegated to like page 27 <laughs> on the sports newspaper yeah. when it's they're top of the table you know. yeah. and they've been, the and they've been I mean, top of the table this year for 11 yeah. 11 rounds out of yeah. 16 yeah but, um, but we, we, have this, way we have this running joke as, as medium term listeners of Hannah Bob will be aware that every time I used to do well it's just another t- kind of chapter in Guillermo Baraseski Lotto's Boca Juniors job interview um, <laughs> and that's about it uh, we're going to move on because uh, we're going Slightly over time now. Uh, Tom Robinson asks after Pablo Moche got mugged today. <laughs> has, has anyone checked Pablo Migliore's house to see if the, per- the perpetrator is hiding there? 
It's much not in that Turkey. Is, well, that, that is naughty. That no, is naughty. no, he's but back here. Well, no, he is, but oh, he's back. Uh-huh. And he, he did some. He made some outrageous tweets. Yeah, about he, he was robbed basically yeah. on the street. Um, in front he, of but, a policeman. In front of a policeman. <laughs> but he said, um, like, I, uh, just as well I've gone. I'm never coming back to this place. The mierda. Yeah. It's like this shitty country. Um, I'm glad that I'm not. I don't live here anymore. Right. Like, he lives in Turkey. <clears throat> Yeah. This is about who signed for um, Kaisersport from mm-hmm. Boca and before even leaving um, Buenos Aires to go to Kaisersport said, uh, no, Kaisersport for me is going to be a, um, it's going to be a, a spring a Previous step. Yeah, yeah because yeah, from, yeah. from there, I'm not going to stay there very long, I'm just going to go on to, uh, you know, I'm going to, for me it's going to be a stepping stone to, to a bigger club. Yeah, um, to Europe. I mean, this, this is, a, I mean, the, 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 Twitter today was sensational because of this. I've not heard about the mugging. Uh, worldwide uh, trending topic in Twitter. Mulch. <laughs> I, I haven't heard about the mugging, but just in case, in, in context, it sounds a little bit weird that it got mugged in front of a policeman. Uh, but one thing I do know, because my, my girlfriend actually witnessed a mugging about six months ago, half a block away from where a policeman was standing on the corner who saw it and didn't yeah, do anything, um, is that policemen here can uh, be essentially privately contracted by owner, business owners, shops or bars or whatever if they've had a couple of, of robberies in the past. The, the bar can pay the local uh, police office to send a policeman down to guard their property. And if Nothing they else. do that, they're not allowed, even if they see something happening, they're not allowed to leave the, the spot of payment they're standing on to go and help. Um, so that just, although it sounds, it is ridiculous, really, but hmm. it helps put it into some kind of context at least. Uh, in, in fairness, sorry, just very quickly, because this, you know, we have to present both sides. <coughs> it does appear that Munchez, um apologised for what he tweeted. Yeah, he deleted oh, his tweet. He's deleted. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Because it, but, but the thing is, is, is the, word, you know, the, the phrase he used was, was a classic taxi driver comment yeah. about, <laughs> about the state Country's of the country. Countries going to the dogs. Yeah, 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 so. completely. Yeah. And, um, Fact, today at 1pm yeah. my timeline was, oh, it was insane. all insulting mojo. Oh, I think like, I was just going to the timeline and it was all... There was some brilliant ones. Fuck you. Check out Pibe Trosco. Some amazing, amazing tweets. And Manieto. As well, the, the, the false magneto. This is some great stuff. Uh, Chris Hartley asks, uh, he's got, he's got uh, well, one question and one request, which I'll be more than happy to grant. He says, which of the two World Cup winning sides has celebrated, I, sp- I think he means more, celebrated more in Argentina? I think we've had this question a couple of times. Yeah. 86. 78 was the first time, and as Brazilians will tell you, with 1958 versus 1970, Brazilians tend to prefer the 58 side because it's the first. And I remember seeing one interview with a Brazilian player who said, it's like the first time that you kiss a girl. You never forget the first kiss. And that's what we were. We were the first kiss, even though the 70 side have the reputation now. Um, in Argentina, it's very much the other way around. 86 was the side with Maradona. 86 was the side when they won it outside Argentina. Yeah, I think and it's more because 78, yeah, they won it in front of their own fans, but there was a lot of suspicion around that, for which reason that's a lot true. of Argentines never trust World Cups when the host nation wins. Um, to this day, uh, I've had sure. people tell me that France '98 was nobbled because France happened to. Yeah, win but it. one thing one thing is the host nation doing well; the other is is playing a World Cup in a dictatorship. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They're two very different yeah. things. Yeah, and and obviously the '78 World Cup combined both the hosts. Yes. Yeah, but it's, under, not, it's not just the host and, and and the government. There's a lot of suspicions over the Peru game. Yeah, and mm. that kind of thing. Well, Kissinger, Kissinger was in the yeah. in the dressing room. Henry Kissinger <laughs> was in the dressing room just before the game. And you, you know. Why? That can never be a good sign. Why? Like, that silly cunt. I saw, uh, I saw, I saw, I saw a tweet um, by um, Oriuelo, who used to live here. 
the, the journalist, he, uh, he said that there was a story at the weekend in the Brazilian press saying that Kissinger is, has been advised not to go to Brazil for the World Cup in case of lawsuits. Wow. Yeah. Because a lot of people want to take him up before the inter- story, International Criminal Court. Like, you, know, you heard it here, Sam. Can't get too um, <laughs> Chris also asks, can I also plug my own radio show, um, which has just started, and I'd love the p- publicity. Chris, as a regular hand of pod question, list, uh, question asker, you're more than welcome. The Twitter for this radio show is The Locker Room for you number four letter U um, so check that out on Twitter if you're on there and if you're not google it and then look at the profile and go to whichever homepage it is I've not had a chance to, to actually check out the website I'm uh, Mike asks oh right Mike Manby he's tweeted me to remind me the question he's already asked by email um, and then he also asked a separate question what's the first step in reducing corruption and tackling Barra violence is it Grondona out is it down to the government is it what I'd it? say yes and yes. Complete, those, but those uh, things that might social government, change. Government, gov- no, government, government. Government. Tell us why. Government. Tell us why. Government. It's, it's, it's government. the only thing. It's, 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 <laughs> I mean, it has to be. There has to be political will. There's no other way of doing it. Yeah. There's no other way of doing it. Mm, exactly. and, unless the government. And I mean, one thing is society. I mean, Argentina doesn't want Barabravas. The only people who want Barabravas are the Barabravas and, and the clubs. Okay, so. Because when La Doce or Los Rachos Raon have long come into the field, mm. everyone's clapping at them. In, yes. in River, they, they don't do it anymore. In River, they've they stopped. They did for they, they the longest to, time. They used to, mm-hmm. but this is it. So there's been a shift in, in, Since, in, in, in the, what, the relegation. Since relegation, and, and the yeah. During the year that River were down, they stopped. They stopped mm-hmm. doing it to the extent where um, I, I remember very clearly a, a game against Argentinos Juniors, like uh, in two months after they'd been promoted. And yeah, I think you mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I probably did. And and the Borrachos came out, and the whole the three stands. Um, apart from civility, mm-hmm. where the borrachos come out, um, started singing as soon as the the civility, the popular started singing. Um, everyone else started singing "Soy de River" to say, you know, I'm not a Barabrava, I support River Plate. I'm, I'm not involved in that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how many how many thousand people no, no. chant against or for the Barabrava. If you want to get rid of them, the point is yeah. that the point is the, the, the politicians are afraid need as well. of them, or it's not just the clubs. The exactly. politicians need the bomb boss no. and the no, but big first, is, and first it's got to come from from the clubs because if you take away the power in the clubs, they don't have any weight politically. But during the week, they don't work at the clubs; they work for the politicians. I know, but sure. if you manage to so, so keep them away from the clubs, then day who job. are they? But who are they without? No, because they're day job. Who are the politicians? Yeah, but then they're just a group of people, like. If you take away the identity but, but with River or with Borca or with Frassing, they don't even care about the match. Yeah. Bodyguards for politicians. But then at least you've taken away from That's the football. That's their fo- job. At least you've taken them then yeah, away from the football. Like, they could do whatever they do want, they, they really can be bodyguards for the politicians. But they're still really bad about us. They're still really bad about We mentioned last week the. We couldn't remember the title and we couldn't remember the name, and I can't remember the title or the name now. What we mentioned last week after in the question section as well, the Spanish um, uh, documentary on Canal Plus. John Cristiaga, Canal Plus. Thank you. Very well, very well done, John. Um, uh, Spanish guy, Basque surname, who came down here to do a, a documentary on the Barra Bramas and was talking to, uh, among others, the capo of San Telmo's Barra. And the capo of San Telmo's Barra, at one point, tells him it's all about the money. To the extent that there's this guy who was in Rivers Barra, he was one of the vice leaders, whatever, of Rivers Barra, like three, four years ago, 
Today, he's one of the vice re- leaders of Bocker's Batter. That's true. It's nothing to do with supporting the club. It's the 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 money we, the we, we have more fights in between the battles of the same team yeah, yeah, yeah. than between battles of opposite teams. Exactly. It's all about. And it's happening in lower divisions as well. Like Almirante Brown's Barra has been fighting against each other yeah. for the longest yeah. time. Merlin's Barra has been the same. No, Chicago. No, Chicago has two Barra Brothers, standard the same as Barra as well. Merlin were brothers who killed one of the brothers, killed the other one because of the leadership of the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is because the football, the, football, the ground, the stand, it's, it's, second, it's just yeah. purely the place where they yeah. express themselves. During the week, they have other jobs. They're all punteros, which is like political leaders or, or whatever, for, for, for local politicians. Um, they're bodyguards of... I mean, the most important thing here, Cantero says, I mean, you know, the, the Barabara's power is yeah. in their, their contacts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And their contacts are yeah. politicians mm. who they work for. Yeah. So during the week, they have jobs. Yeah. And but what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't think I got it across well. Like, what I'm saying is, the first, the first step, the first step of many, is at least taking them away from the clubs, because that way you take, you know, you cut off one of their legs. But how do you do that? This is the thing. You it's say, whether it's don't come, up you know, top down you identify who's person, there, and you say, look, you're not welcome anymore. You, you get them out of the club. But how do you do that though? If, all right, so if, if, if Racing say, if Racing yeah. say to the head of the Guardia um, Imperial, you can't, you can't come. Yeah. You've got the rest of those, you can't come in. Yeah. But what happens if he then goes to his, the guy that he works for in the provincia, in the, yeah. in the government of the provincia, who, who then says to the police, he says, you know what, if Pedro comes to you and says, I want to go past you, I'm going to walk straight past you, and you're not going to stop me, you let him go. Because he works for me. Yeah. How do you do that? You can't stop it. So it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter if Cogorno says, you know what, I'm yeah. going to do the same as Cantero. Together yeah. we're going to get rid of the Barabara in Avashaneda. No more Barabara in Avashaneda. But if they actually wanted to do it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guys, but, but I'm going to stop because I've just realised we've been recording for about an hour and fifty minutes, so we need to get through the rest of the questions. I think what we might have to do is maybe during the winter break when there's no football, we could have a, a Barra Brava special on Hunter Pod if everybody's up for that. Sounds and obviously, depressing. listeners as well ask us loads of questions. No, I'm depressed now. It'd be, it'd be great if we could get if we get a couple it's of people along yeah. to a couple uh, of factual Barra Brava, a couple of barras, lad. Yeah. I've got a few contacts. So. Yeah. yeah, in your flat. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'd love to know. I'm sure you'd love to know where you live. Um, quite a few, well, mm-hmm. we're laughing, but um, one of the main barabras from yeah, River Plate lives just up the road. Yeah. Um, if if you want something to read about it, at least I've got a piece in the next issue of When Saturday Comes about the Pablo Migliore situation and how that ties in with what's going on in Boca's Barabrava at the moment, which I could I would recommend. Um, anyway, more questions. Philip Briggs, we've, we've only got three left, so here we go. Philip Briggs says, are non-Racing fans hoping that Independiente will stay up or go down? I'm ignoring you for this one. Guys, what do you think? I'm a big lover of lower divisions, so any time that a big team goes into a lower division, I'm happy. Just Yeah. It's fun. Um, I want want Independiente to stay up. Really? What? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you're completely neutral. You don't really have a team. I don't. I just don't think it's, it's not good. It's not a good example. It yeah. doesn't doesn't say anything good about Arsenal football. It, there, there's nothing good that comes from it. Okay. I'd like them to go down. Partly, hmm. partly selfishly because Rivers' record in, of 102 and a half years in the top flight is going to be beaten by Boca, but I prefer at least well, it only that once I can beat you. Only Boca then would be the yeah, exactly. The clubs have stayed up. Um, but no, also I think. As Santi says, I think it does a good. It's good for the lower divisions to sometimes have a, one of the bigger sides. Okay, we've had Central and Gimnasia and everything in the lower divisions up until this season, uh, but Independiente will be on a different level entirely, and it might also just force Argentines to think 
slightly more healthily about lower divisions. The fact that they've had River and Independiente both very recently. And let's be honest. For, sorry, I'm going to talk now. <laughs> for the, how they've played after seven. the last over the last three years, they sort of deserve to go down, right? They've been pretty shit. Have they? Sorry, I mean, because because River Plate never finished in the bottom three in three no. years. Have have in the bottom three? They, they, they finished last in Simeone. No, they didn't. Under Simeone. In the, yeah, no, oh, in, in the, the, in the year, year. The whole the season. Year. Uh, because the Romeo's three yeah, years, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, of course they finished that. But that mm. season they finished, I think, 16th. Yeah. And they mm. finished 15th and they finished 7th. So they never mm. finished over, in the overall year, which is when the relegation promotions are done. Yeah. Uh, River Plate never finished in the bottom three. But I don't know whether they will because they're even, yeah. at the moment, they're only fourth bottom. Uh, San Martín, Argentino, Simeone. I, I haven't there. looked at it. I haven't looked at it, but it's um. But I, I, pretty, I just don't think been it's down there for a while. I don't think anything good comes of it. I don't think. I mean, and the other thing is that when because of this media coverage that we've always talked about, that River Plate uh, and Boca dominate everything. Independiente are one of the grandes, but they don't have the same yeah, coverage. Yeah. So they'll go it's down and they'll, as, as they'll, River did they'll for, be for the second division. They'll be forgotten about. Yeah, what a shame. No. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, but you got—I mean, maybe Racing know about what it's like to be forgotten about in, in the second division. I don't know. But um, in, in terms of in terms of Philip's question, which I don't think was just directed <laughs> to the non-Racing fans on hand of Pod, but more generally about non-Racing fans in Argentina, I think a lot probably do hope that they go down. But I know you're talking to um, yeah. a River, um, it's a River friend of mine. Standpoint. He told me that he kind of he had a, quite a few Independiente fans who never talked about football with. And the day that River went down to the B, they all came out of the closet, like all came out <laughs> running out of the cracks and were like, "Ah, you're going to the B, they're going to the B." Like, so for that reason, he's very happy. Like, fair enough. Them yeah. Very fair enough. Pricks uh, going down there. Yeah, yeah. I think probably in terms of the bands, I think everyone wants to sure. go yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people think that it's uh, it's it's more fun. Like you have two yeah. leagues to care about. You have interesting yeah. matches in both leagues. Mm. As we said, Bicha San Carlos. You guys need to go down. San Carlos. Yeah, it's, yeah it's it's, you need to be able to. Be the ones that haven't, uh, not the only ones to. Have yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Philip Briggs also asks, "Do you think Ocampos I'm glad he's asked about Ocampos because I have something that I want to take the piss out of Ocampos for. Do you think Ocampos will be part of the newly promoted Monaco squad, or will he be transferred out? Uh, first of all, my, my very quick answer is I think he'll be part of the new squad. And my, the, the reason that I wanted to make a point of this was that the day that Monaco confirmed that they won the second division, not just been promoted, but actually won the championship, Ocampos tweeted a picture of himself in the celebrations and said, Campeón otra vez. I'm, I'm a champion again. Which, bearing in mind that the two championships he's won are in the second flight, and that he's played one Primera División game in his, campa- in his uh, career... I think it was a little bit rich. He needs to get a sense of perspective. He's not a champion of anything. But I've got to say, it's going to be a very interesting no, yeah, Monaco I team. Really, I think that's really yeah. harsh. It's going to be a very well interesting Monaco he's not, team he's next not a year. Champion. You win the second division, well done. Nah. You're not title, champ- you can't call yourself a champion. Two teams to championship winning season. If, 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 River, if River were claiming the championship, you've got to play the season now. But it's, but it's River. the 34th title, everybody would be left taking the piss out of but it. But this is River we're talking about. Yeah. Or I'm talking played. about a River player. Or an ex-River player. You can't call it a championship. Just as you can't call the Monaco second division a championship. Uh, he's not a champion. You, Dude, a champion is when you defend even, your trophy. He's not even 19 years old. And at River Plate, he played more games in the second division than any other player. It was I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad player. And I'm just saying I think no, no, he embarrassed himself a little bit with that tweet. No, no, no. I think the thing is that I mean, when he was at River, the pressure at River Plate was insane yeah. last yeah. year, and he was, he was yeah, yeah. 17. Yeah. He was 17, and he played more games than anyone else. He played more than Kavanagh, more and than Dominguez, more, yeah. more than everyone. 
and he dealt with it. Yeah. And uh, that was a 17-year-old. Then he moved to Europe, went to a club that also absolutely nice had to, to go up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No two questions about it. They spent a lot yeah, of money well, not just on him, on other players. And again, he, he performed very well. He was very important to them going up. Mm-hmm. And so this is a guy who's at 19 has achieved and grown enormous amounts. Absolutely. And well now he's going to play with Falcao. He's going to play with Falcao. Like, what, gonna, uh, yeah, what a season he's got ahead of him. And the, yeah, yeah. And the yeah, River fan in me is very grateful for what he did. I'm just saying that one tweet I think was a little bit ill-judged. It's, he, an ill-judged tweet? Championships. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He's not won any championships. Uh, but yeah, in answer to the question, is he going to be part of the, the squad in, in League 1 or will he be transferred out? He's going to be in there. Well, he's sure. definitely there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's he's not going. Why they let well, they, they saw him as a project for two yeah. or three years' time. Mm. Of course, he's going to stay. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Even though the man who signed him, TKK, uh, hand of hand of pod friend, uh, isn't there anymore? No, but he's very positive. No, but exactly. And actually, he, as a friend, has, has, has said that they're very happy with him and they're really pleased with how he's mm. progressed and that he stands by the fact why they signed him, which is that they see him as a future project and they, they want him for two or three years at least to, to take Monaco forward. So, yep. yeah. Uh, I've just realised that our final question from Alex De Noia is exactly the same as Philip Briggs' first one. Does the average non-racing Argentine football fan want to see Independiente get relegated? Which we've answered already. So you're saying that average racing, the average Argentine football fan isn't a racing fan? No, I think it means the, the average Argentine football fan not including racing fans. Mm, anything, no, I don't know. In, in his defence, I'm going to say that that's what he means. Uh, so now, I'm going to play some music. We're going to do Mystic Sam's domestic predictions for the weekend coming very quickly and then we're going to be off because we've been recording for way too long. (laughs) Guys, very, very quickly before we finish, we've already kind of previewed the important games of the weekend to come anyway but if any of you really disagree with any of these predictions shout out when I finish Belgrano versus San Martin San Martin win Arsenal de Sarandí versus Quilmes Quilmes win mm. sorry Santi Quilmes have got more to play for in that one uh, Godoy Cruz versus Tigre I think it's going to be a home win Vélez Sarsfield versus All Boys draw Racing versus Boca sorry Dan Racing win. Uh, Colón to beat Atletico Rafaela in Santa Fe. City. Uh, San Lorenzo versus Argentinos. I think it's going to be a San Lorenzo win. In spite of Argentinos' impressive performance on Sunday. Uh, River to beat Independiente at home and send them a little bit closer to relegation. Estudiantes against Lanús to be a draw. Most probably nil-nil because they've both kept a lot of clean sheets recently. Newells versus Union. It's clear Newells win. Yes, of win. Um... Any major disagreements with any of those predictions, Jeff? Huh. So I'm going to be holding you to this next week if you take the piss out of me if you get them wrong. Arsenal winning the Classico, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's the only disagreement we've got. And, of course, we've already predicted the World Cup qualifying uh, points tallies. We apologise that we've not predicted all of the other nations' uh, results as well. But, as we say, we're going to have a ridiculously long podcast tonight. We've been recording for just over two hours, and it's time to say goodnight and go and get something to eat, I think, to counterbalance all the alcohol we've had so here we go uh, Santi goodbye Good night to everyone English Dan goodbye Good night. Joel goodbye enjoy being back goodbye and from me goodbye goodbye <laughs>